we're missing the title of the show. <laughs> Nothing but kinks tonight. Oh, you're right. I think it's catching up. All right, so it is the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. Tonight is week four. We're going to look at player trends. That's close enough to your title, right? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if you are joining us live or even later on, we are on YouTube for the first time. So hello, everybody. It's uh, nice to be seen. Uh, Cheers, Dave. It's good to be here. You've done a nice job at the studio. Yeah, and we're still uh, we're still doing the regular podcast, but we're no longer um, going to be participating with the the website Mixler. And it was it was fun, but you know I think the live video thing will be super cool. Um, and maybe we can even bring somebody in like on Zoom or, or Skype or something with actual uh, uh, with their actual body. I think we can. Um, <laughs> I mean, I know we can. I think that we should at some point. I think that there will be plenty of willing participants. Mm. We cheers. always have people who want to join us on the show. Cheers to Mike there in the chat room. Uh, cheers, Mike. So, uh, I don't know. We always start off with what we're drinking. We can show off what we're drinking tonight. Uh, we took a little side trip to Wisconsin over the weekend. Picked up the only in Wisconsin New Glarus beer. And we brought it back to Illinois. So it is not only in Wisconsin anymore. But we are not selling it, so we're not doing anything bad. Don't worry. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that, but we're not selling it. Yeah, I'm not selling it. I'm drinking it. <laughs> so this is a New Glarus Moon Man, and I think you've got... I've got a Two Brothers Premium Lager. It tastes really premium. It's super premium. It's so premium, I can't even stand it. And in a little while, I'm going to crack open the New Glarus Staghorn. That's their Oktoberfest seasonal. Big fan of that one. It's my favorite Oktoberfest beer. So uh, looking forward to that. And I know Jason wants to... Uh, um... He mentioned the uh, the studio that we have here, which is in my basement, uh, and it is a little Steeler centric at the moment because that's how I like it. But uh, <laughs> you know, perhaps we get a, a glimpse of uh, Studio Two Six Five somewhere down the line as well, and sure. uh, you know, see what's uh, what's cooking over there. I have a feeling the background is going to be a lot of plants <laughs> <laughs> by that time of year. They'll all come inside. Gotcha. Okay, so let's move on to checking in with last week's podcast. So we made a lot of predictions on the show. I did, mostly. Uh, Dave had some Fool's Gold predictions as well. And um, let's just burn through them really quick. Okay. So I talked about five replacements who I felt could succeed. Uh, they were replacements for injured injured players because in week two, it was just, you know, dead man walking. Everyone, uh, bring out your dead. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Everyone, did, you know, got hurt that week. Bring out your dead! Yeah, we have to say those now that we can't play the clips anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So I suggested Deion Lewis as a replacement for Saquon Barkley. That was the wrong move. It looks like Devonta Freeman is going to be the right guy going forward because Deion Lewis only had one and a half points. Perhaps just avoid the Giants altogether, though. Yeah, and I think that was some of the advice that we had as well, was avoid the Giants. In fact, uh, I think I have both Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard on my cut list from last week and this week. So it's basically like, wh- why why do anything there at all except for Darius Slayton if, if you want to uh, you know ride the waves a little bit? Sure. Uh, so Joshua Kelly, eight carries for 43 lar- yards last week. Two catches yards. Uh, for nine yards. So it's the least he's been used all season. But I think it may have been game script. So I stick with the stance that he's going to be good going forward. 
So we'll see what happens with him. Jarek McKinnon had 77 yards and a touchdown. His usage is going to depend on the health of the rest of the backfield, but we'll get to more Jarek McKinnon later. But I do think he was a good replacement. You had Traquan Smith as a replacement for Michael Thomas. He only had four catches on six targets for 42 yards. Not what you want from a downfield threat. Drew Brees' air yards per pass were barely enough to be to qualify for social distancing. <laughs> so that is a bad sign from your quarterback. Even though he was trending up in fantasy, um, I don't like the way that Drew Brees is playing lately. You know, you can only be that smart for so long. It reminds me a whole lot of the last season of Peyton Manning. And that season started out like, oh, well, this is the quarterback I remember. He just doesn't have the same arm. Yeah. And it wound up looking just ugly at the end. He got benched for Brock Osweiler for a while. I mean, he's probably uh, got a lot on his mind. Like, for example, Jimmy John's only has 17 sandwiches. Where's 18 and 19 and 20? Maybe Drew's thinking them up. There we go. Yeah. And then we had Dalton Schultz had four catches on six targets for 48 yards. Like most touchdowns, I feel like he's dependent on a – like most tight ends, he's dependent on a touchdown to have a good day. But I think he has the potential to be a top 10 guy every week. So that could be an interesting, uh, I guess, second tight end to keep on or a streaming option. Mm. Uh, Graham, Graham just mentioned it's just like ESPN. He's got a picture of us on a big TV. So I want to say hi. Hi, Graham. And, uh, uh, you know, some, some dogs are probably over there too, right? Hello. Hi, dogs. <laughs> you're, you're definitely not yapping right now. I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> Uh, so you mentioned some Fantasy Fools Gold, which is more of a long-term look at the players. Yeah, right. Um, so the first guy you brought up was Daryl Henderson, who um, I think you did couch the prediction as he will do well in Week 3. And he did. He did really well last week. 20 carries and a catch, 120 yards total. He scored a touchdown. Personally, I think Daryl Henderson is going to be good for um, the time being. At least I don't agree with the fact that he's Fantasy Fools Gold. Um He's looked good so far. He's looked like the best running back on the team. So you like far. shiny things? I get it. Sure. No, uh, I, I I certainly hedged that a little bit by saying that I didn't think he'd be good down the stretch, but he would be good in week three. And so that's a little bit of cheating, I admit. Uh, but there are other running backs on that team, unlike some other situations where you, you, you have a new guy, but there's nobody else. So there is still the possibility that it could be a little crowded back there. But 100% right. Henderson did even better than I thought he would last week, and uh, he certainly looks like he has the uh, wherewithal to to keep that backfield on his back. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Darius Slayton only had three catches for 53 yards. As we said, the Giants is an offense to avoid. Marvin Jones had three catches for 51 yards. He has had no more than four catches in a game all season. There was games when they were missing Kenny Galladay. There was games when they had to throw the ball because of game script. Marvin Jones is just never going to be enough used enough in a game to warrant starting him every week perhaps he's uh kept on your bench for depth and that's about it so the busts that i predicted last week were mike davis he wound up having 91 total yards eight catches and a touchdown um thanks for making me look bad mike davis (laughs) it looks like he's going to be used as often as christian mccaffrey if not as effective as christian mccaffrey but anyone who gets that kind of volume is going to be fantasy relevant i think the offense just needs that character because it's built around that character and so davis is able to accept that role but whether or not he's able to continue it you know as soon as people start uh getting on tape in an offense that defensive coordinators can start scheming against them so it might well be that he's got you know only two or three moves and he starts to get closed off uh but he certainly did have a good game yeah 
So David Johnson was another bust pick of mine. He only totaled 46 yards on 15 touches. Getting a touchdown did save his fantasy day if you wound up starting him. He's averaging only 3.8 yards per carry this season. So I don't like what I've seen out of David Johnson or the rest of the Texans for that matter. So he is a starting quarterback or running back. He needs to be rostered. I don't think he needs to be starting. I mean, they just played Pittsburgh, so uh, they've held everybody to almost no rushing yards at all, and I think that squashes his stats a little bit. I think you're selling Houston a little short because they've had a horrible schedule, maybe the worst I've ever seen to begin a year. Uh, What's wrong with playing the Steelers and the Chiefs and the Ravens? (laughs) So I'm just saying, give give them like another game or two. And in fact, I'm not sure if they even have a great schedule out from here. Was Houston just cursed with uh, just a horrible year? Are they like uh, um, uh, zero in the strength of schedule meter? So they play the the Texans again. Or they play the... No. They actually... (laughs) They play the Texans every week. They play themselves, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Uh, They play the Vikings and the Jaguars. So the Vikings are bad. Mm. The Jaguars might be good. But then they got to play the Titans and the Packers. Yeah, so it's it's not looking too good. Give them, give them a, a couple weeks, but you're right. I mean, regardless of whether or not they are a team that comes out of the box strong or not, you're still not going to want to play those players if they're not performing well week over week. Sure, they still have to play the Titans twice, they play the Packers, they play the Patriots, they play the Colts twice. They're not you know, making the playoffs this year. Houston. Luckily for them, they play <laughs> the Bengals, the Bears, the Lions, the Browns. You know, there's some W's in there for them, but they, I don't think it's going to be enough W's to make it to the playoffs this year. Sorry, Texans fans. It is nice whenever you play the AFC North, you have to play Cleveland and Cincinnati, and those are just great games. Yeah, I mean, wins are wins, man. <laughs> so, Jordan Reed, I don't particularly feel great about being correct about predicting Jordan Reed being injured, but it just felt like it was just low-hanging fruit, and uh, I couldn't resist. I think you should feel good about it. Cheers. I don't want them to get hurt. I was just right about him getting hurt. But we knew, like, if you were going to place bets, right, if there was uh, some kind of parlay or some kind of uh, over under on, like, how many games it took. Jordan Reed to get injured and 49ers to win. Yes, I would have bet that. Every day. Just like yesterday's (laughs) Abreu to Homer and Sox to win. Mm -hmm. White Sox. Cheers to that. So, uh, Justin Herbert had 15.7 points. He did throw over 300 yards. He had a touchdown, a pick. He was the QB 19 last week. I said you probably want to hold off if he if you're in a two quarterback league. And uh, going into the week, you may have uh, not started him, but boy, he just barely squeaked in there. We'll see what happens with him going forward. Um, no bust predictions this week. Matt Ryan. He put up the dud that I had predicted. He was the QB 27 on the week, so he had fewer fantasy points than both of the quarterbacks who played against him. That's an impressive feat. Yeah, I don't think that that's easy to do. If you get to play all game and two other guys split the game, you know, for you to score fewer points than them, you know, than each of them is not easy. Nope. So, um, way to go, Matt Ryan. I guess we'll we'll, uh, we'll give you credit for that one. As promised, we're going to talk about player trends tonight. So this is something that we always like to look at at different points of the year where we look at a player's 
previous three weeks. Are they trending up? Are they trending down? This is my favorite part of the year, actually. I Dave likes to be strict about the trend. <laughs> I can't pick a guy who might have been a little bit better three weeks ago and then a little bit worse last week and then really good last I don't want the I week, don't I don't want know, any up week. and downs going on. No, here. it has to go up or go down. <laughs> so I'm gonna do the trending up players, Dave will do the trending down players. Do you want to switch between them or should we do all of one and all of the other? We can switch between them. What I think is really interesting, and this is just a prediction that I have, because uh, I actually haven't read uh, the ones you put down on paper. We do a fair amount of research, so we, we've got some stats and stuff that we'd like to put down. And usually these... we got numbers. Usually these numbers uh, translate to articles on drink5.com, so look for those. But um, I think, and I predict, and I could be wrong, but I predict that uh, when you look at the guys that are trending up, you're going to say that, that, for the most part, that they're going to come back down. And my guys that are trending down, for the most part, are going to come back up. That's what I think. That's my prediction. Interesting. I feel like I have predi- I have pulled mostly players who I feel like will continue doing well. They're just going to go up. Because what we also look at, and I think <laughs> you did this as well with your players, you've looked at the next three matchups as well. Uh, Yeah, for the most part, yes. Yeah. Okay, so my first trending up player is James Robinson. I think your new favorite player in the league. He is the running back for Jacksonville. So in week one against Indianapolis, he um, famously on Twitter carry, had all of the carries for his team, scored nine and a half points. Week two in Tennessee, he put up 19 and a half. Week three versus Miami, that was last Thursday's game, he put up 27.9 points. He was the lone bright spot for the Jaguars that week. So he's trended up three weeks in a row in lots of categories, not just points. He has his total yards, his total points. Touchdowns scored and receptions have all gone up all three weeks. So that is a damn trend right there, Dave. Yes, it is. He's averaging 4.9 yards per carry. That's great. He's in the top 20 for both carries and receptions for running backs. Overall, he's the RB5 on the season. So there's basically no competition for him at the position on the Jaguars. So it looks like he's going to be an every week starter, obviously not just in regular football, but in fantasy football as well. He needs to be starting every week. So coming up, you've got Jacksonville going to Cincy in Houston, followed by playing Detroit at home right before their bye week. Their bye week is week seven. All of the teams are in the top seven when it comes to giving up the most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So that's exactly what you want to see when you've got a player trending up. He's got a bunch of juicy matchups coming up. So now is the time, in my opinion, to try and acquire Robinson. Obviously, you're not buying him as low as possible, but his value is going to keep going up. You don't want to trade for him in three weeks. You're going to have to pay, like, a Zeke Elliott for him. Right now, you can probably pay uh, an Austin Eckler for him. So, um, you know, uh, what do you think about James Robinson? I know that you're high on him, but are you as high on him as my numbers say you should be? Uh, Yeah. So, I, I didn't think when we first started talking about this that James Robinson, uh, you know, back when he was the, a big waiver pickup, was going to continue on uh, on that journey as as the number one guy there, and mostly because you and I both like Chris Thompson, and we like Chris Thompson in that offense uh, with Shanahan from Washington, uh, and we thought that it was going to be a whole lot better for uh, multiple people. But it turns out that it's really just James Robinson, and Jacksonville was looking for more of a replacement uh, for our friend Leonard Fournette than they were trying to create a running back by committee. So I am 100% with you. I think I'm going to – I made the mistake of sitting James Robinson last week, and I had uh, Kenyon Drake and 
Nick Chubb, both guys I had ranked on top of Robinson. But now, uh, as we move into these next few weeks, I, I think that most experts are going to have James Robinson right there with them. Instead of being a number 14, number 15, number 16, I think he'll be closer to a top 10 guy. Great. Uh, why don't you give us your first trending down player, Dave? Sure thing. So uh, this is, is kind of a twofer. Uh, I'm going to talk about Lamar Jackson and then uh, his wide receivers insofar as Marquise Brown specifically uh, because they kind of uh, uh, are going to be working together when we talk about trends. Of course, he's the guy throwing the ball to him, right? Trends. So, surprise, Jackson finished the 2019 fantasy season as the number one quarterback overall with 421.7 fantasy points. Uh, when we talk about fantasy points, I generally am going to use half PPR. The next best was Dak Prescott with 348.9. So the difference between those guys, I mean, you're talking about uh, almost 80 points there. That's a huge difference between the (laughs) number one and number two in 2019. So far in in 2020, Jackson is the number 13 quarterback overall with 19.8 fantasy points per game. That's 59.3 total. And for reference, the quarterbacks in the top, like Russell Wilson, uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, and Kyler Murray, which happen to be the guys in order, um, are all averaging ab- about 30 fantasy points per game through those first three games. So he's only getting a th- uh, two-thirds of those guys. So there's something wrong here, right? So look at week one versus Cleveland. He uh, had 20 completions, 80% completion rate, 275 yards, three touchdowns. He rushed seven times for 45 yards and no touchdowns on the rushing. Uh, 27.5 fantasy points. So we all saw that game and, and said, this is stock Lamar Jackson. He's doing great. He'll continue to do so. Yeah, 152 rating is impressive. Then week two at Houston, he had 18 completions for a 75% completion rate, so a little bit of a drop there in both stats. 204 passing yards and one touchdown. And he rushed a lot, 16 times for 54 yards. Again, no touchdowns. But 17.56 fantasy points. Then in week three versus Kansas City, they kind of stomped on him. This was that wonderful Monday night game. If you weren't a fan of Baltimore, you really enjoyed it. One of my favorite (laughs) little cartoon strips is uh, you've got uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, and Cleveland in the background as little caricatures, just staring down at Kansas City, punching Baltimore in the face on the ground. And they're just all laughing and giggling. It's It's a good image for somebody like me who loves the Steelers. Is that from the draw play? I'm not sure. I don't think so. It sounds like something from the draw play. Highly recommended, though, the drawplay.com fantastic comic strip. Uh, I That game, anyway, he had 15 completions for a 53.6 completion rate, 97 yards and a touchdown, uh, nine rushes for 83 yards, zero touchdowns, so no touchdowns rushing at all this year so far, 14.18 fantasy points. Um, I think that's... Uh, uh, the information we can get from these stats, if we look at it, we can see that he's trending down in completions, completion percentage, and passing yards over these three games directly. Uh, and like you said, you know, sometimes stats go up and down, especially individual stats, but these are all direct uh, trends down. The Texans and Chiefs do have a better passing defense than the Browns, so it kind of makes sense that he would go there. They're at number 20 and number 17, uh, highest fantasy points against quarterbacks, respectively, number 10 for the Browns. But it's, it's a little strange to see him not even break into the top 10 when he was being drafted as high as late first, uh, early second rounds of fantasy drafts. And certainly in almost every draft I was in, he was drafted by the third round. So there's a player that gives you no benefit right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a bust of a pick at this point. I mean, 
at first, like after week one, you felt okay. And a guy like this could certainly um, come back. He'd score 40 points three weeks in a row, and then he's worth it again. But as of right now, a third-round pick on a quarterback that's giving you this kind of production is crap. You could have taken Josh Allen in the eighth round, and you'd be doing much better. Yeah, exactly. So um, all the, the things that are coming in the next couple of weeks, he plays at Washington in week four, uh, and they are number 14 in fantasy points against quarterbacks. Cincinnati in week five, who's number 25 right now, and Philadelphia in week six, who are number 19. Uh, and those are... Those are, are pretty good defenses. They're at least average or above average against quarterbacks for fantasy points. Does it get better? Not really. In the weeks that follow that, the Ravens play Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, New England, and Tennessee. So, again, Ooh, that sounds fun. here's another team, just like Houston. Uh, Baltimore uh, is not having a fun time this year. <laughs> hey, sometimes the schedule is there to promote parity. And, you know, sometimes parity is a giant hammer that comes down on Deshaun Watson's head and accidentally hits Lamar Jackson on the way down. Oh, my God, that's funny. <laughs> um, but you're going to keep Jackson on your squad, right? I mean, you, you're you going to keep him because of his rushing ability. Trade him for James Robinson. His his big play ability. I'm serious. You, you never trade a guy when he's on the downturn. you got to wait. And so here's my, here's my uh, uh, prediction, is that week four is Jackson's chance to bust out here with a big fantasy game with 30 points or something. Uh, he's going to be playing against... Um, against Washington, and if there's any game going forward uh, that looks good, it's that one specifically. And yeah. So I think that uh, w- what we need to look at here is is we need to understand that Lamar Jackson has not done well this year, and there's not really a path for him to uh, to get back to where he was that I can see. However, um, the it's not someone that you can easily get rid of. Uh, before they start doing a little bit better, because then you'll get peanuts on the on the purchase. So I, I agree with him, but but who's going to trade for Lamar Jackson right now when they have probably a quarterback that's better or could pick one up off the waiver wire? I mean, you need to find someone who what you need is a quarterback to go down, yeah, so that you can start shopping him, you know, your guys around to those people. So uh, Marquise Brown, which ties into this, which is why uh, it's a little long, but understand that, of course, uh, if it's a run-first offense, uh, they're not going to be throwing as much as other teams. Run always is what we're trying to avoid, because right now it looks like they are, are just having uh, fewer and fewer passing attempts, and uh, it's it's not, uh, or not passing attempts, but passing completions, completion rate, and passing yards, and it's not looking good for them currently. Marquise Brown uh, has had 12.6 fantasy points, 6.7, and 2.3 in weeks 1, 2, and 3, respectively. And for those of you that drafted the combo of Marquise Brown and Lamar Jackson, expecting uh, them to propel you into uh, into some kind of uh, playoff state, it's simply not happening. Perhaps your name is Scott and you drafted the entire offense of the Baltimore Ravens on the Drink 5 Fantasy team? Except for Justin Tucker, I hear. Except for, except for the only real offense they have. Justin Tucker's <laughs> scoring like 12 points a game on average, isn't he? He's, he's killing it. So overall in half PPR, um, Marquise Brown's ADP was 77. So that's a late eighth round pick. Uh-huh. And so you dra- you were drafting him as a starter or your very top bench spot. And scoring two points in a game against the Chiefs where you expect a lot of points, that's garbage. No bueno. All right. Um, the next trending up player that I have, another running back, Jarek McKinnon, who I promised earlier we would speak more about. So 
Week one against Arizona, he put up 11.9. Week two at the Jets, he put up 13.7. Week three at the Giants, he put up 15.2. So he scored a touchdown in all three games so far this season. It's a wonderful trend for fantasy football. It might even hold for a while, considering how banged up the Niners' backfield is. Yeah. So he was used sparingly in the first two carries. He only had first two weeks. He only had nine total touches. But he was also used in the return game. So they're trying to get him involved where they can. With nobody else to take carries from him last week, he had 17 total touches. That is what I expect to continue as long as Coleman and Mostert are sidelined. But even when they came, when they come back, it I would assume that McKinnon is going to see more touches than those first couple of weeks because he's done so well with the ones he's getting. So if his knack for scoring touchdowns continues, it's stupid to keep him on the sideline. If he keeps finding the end zone, he's going to uh, be a great flex play, a great backup play when you have bye weeks because those are coming. I think they start next week. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps there might even be an emergency bye week later this week. Although uh, we didn't talk about it yet, but the Steelers and Titans game has been postponed. Apparently the CBS crew has been notified that they intend to play on Monday night. Yeah. But it's only Wednesday evening as we record this. That certainly could change between now and Sunday and Monday. Yeah, I've got, I mean, I don't want to get too far into this discussion, but it's interesting. Uh, I, I have to think that they're they're probably just going to, uh, as long as there's no other positive tests, et cetera, on, uh, on the Titans, just wait until the weekend on Saturday or whenever it's okay to go back to their facility to practice and play it on Monday. But yeah. we've had a lot of, as commissioners, we've had a lot of people asking us already about, on our leagues, um, what are we going to do with, with those players if they play on Tuesday, if they play on Wednesday, if they don't play this week? And we kind of we all had this idea that something like this could happen, and there have been canceled games before. Um, but this kind of a situation... Have is, there? I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever had a canceled game in my life of fantasy football. In the NFL. I don't know. I'm if, sure that in the NFL, in the 100 years they've had it. I don't know about in fantasy football over the past 10 years. Uh, I'm simply saying that uh, it's... It's unprecedented uh, for us what happens if these things uh, occur in a week that has to move uh, a game to like a Wednesday or something. Right. Because then you've got waiver wires. And yeah, you've got a lot to worry about. I don't know that they would play on Wednesday. I suspect Tuesday would be the last day they would want to play. This is wild speculation uh, that Tuesday would be the last day they'd want to sure. play. And then if they can't play Tuesday, they would uh, call it the bye week for the Steelers and the Titans and reschedule them later in the season. Um, yeah, they do have that built in where they can change the, the yeah, they can, they can shuffle some things around, but, but what sucks for uh, fantasy, uh, team managers, of course, is that if you have those guys needing them to play or had fill-ins that are going to yeah, play if on you have Thursday, Derek Henry or James Connor, and <laughs> you have to wait until see, to see if they're going to play on Tuesday. I suspect by Sunday morning, we're going to know yes or no, if they're planning on playing. Yep. I think so too. Um, well, I think I think before that. I and think... if they play on Tuesday, that will count for Week Four in fantasy football. That's how it's been done before. Yeah. I see no reason why it wouldn't be done the same way. Why your sites wouldn't all operate that same way? I if I was if I was to bet, I would say that we know what's going to go on on uh, on Friday. But uh, okay. But we'll see. Uh, certainly uh, by the the weekend at some point, because like you said, that it has to be determined. Uh, because yes. teams have to travel and, and et cetera. So. Um, okay, so away from that digression, we'll go back to Jarek McKinnon. So coming up for the Niners, they have three, three, bleh, 
Straight home games against Philly, Miami, and the Rams. All of whom are middle of the pack when it comes to giving up points to opposing running backs. So, they're all pretty average. They're in that middle 12, 10-12 team uh, pack. Not too great, not too bad. Jarek McKinnon is on a team that loves to run the ball. They don't have their starting quarterback right now, so they're definitely going to be running it at least as much as they normally do, if not more. I like McKinnon starting as long as you're not getting Coleman and Mostert back. Uh, even if you only get one of those guys back, McKinnon will probably still see a decent amount of work. Though, like if Mostert comes back, he's probably going to be a starter on the team. But you never know. I mean, that, that's that been the they, – they've been like the Patriots where it's just whoever they want to roll out there is going to be the guy. Yeah, that's been the same for a while in this sort of hot hand situation. Uh, so we'll see. All right. Tell me about uh, Mr. Drake. Yeah, Kenyon Drake. So uh, fabulous finish to the 2019 season traded to the Cardinals before week nine of last year, which I believe was at the end of October, um, and immediately made his mark on that offense. He put up 162 all-purpose yards and a touchdown on the ground later that same season, weeks 15 to 17. And keep in mind here, he didn't do that much in week 17. I'm just including it because it's the last couple weeks of the season. He did most of his work in 15 and 16 when it really counted for your fantasy team. He put together 363 rushing yards along with seven touchdowns over those three games. It was four touchdowns in week 15. Imagine having him on your team, because I did, in, in, a, uh, <laughs> in the semifinals. In the semifinals. Oh, like, man. It doesn't matter what happens. Four touchdowns. That's like Jamal Charles' vintage action right there. Yeah. That was a week 15 performance, too, if I remember correctly. I was here for week 15. I love it. I'm loving it. I'm McDonald's over here. It was hard to believe, uh, but those points were super real, especially to the fantasy team managers that you were playing. The opposing teams did not like them very much. Uh, fell, you know, hit them like an anvil. So, uh, so far this year, like we're talking about, he's the number 24 running back overall with 32.4 fantasy points, which is probably less than Alvin Kamara got last week. Uh, that's an average of 10.8 per game. So that's fine for your flex player or maybe an RB2 if he's not top of the heap. Uh, but in half PPR for a running back being drafted in the second or third round earlier this year, this is very disappointing. And I'm, you know, this is what I'm talking about, the very disappointing players. Sure. That's that's uh, that's, that's what the I, name of the game right here, that's, trending down. I'm the trending down guy. And not just a little down, all the way down. So let's look at the first three games. Week one at San Francisco, 16 rushes for 60 yards, one touchdown, uh, receiving two of five, zero touchdowns for a total of 13.5 fantasy points in half PPR. Uh, you know, I think in a couple weeks I'm just going to stop saying half PPR. But for right we now, we have yeah, it's nice since we've changed, but <laughs> we have officially changed our default scoring system to half PPR. Yeah, there's no leagues that there's we five. no leagues that we have that are standard. Done with standard scoring. Yeah, uh, week two versus Washington. 20 rushes for 86 yards, no touchdowns on that, two receptions for nine yards, receiving uh, zero touchdowns on that, 10.5 fantasy points. And week three versus Detroit, he had 18 rushes for 73 yards, zero touchdowns, one reception for six yards, zero touchdowns for a total of 8.4 fantasy points. So let's dive into that. So the amount of touches, 16, 20, and 18, has been very consistent. That's great. Averaging around 20 per game total when you include the, the receptions uh, that he's getting, the, the targets that are coming to him. So he has the opportunities available to him. He hasn't gotten very much work in the passing game, uh, and Chase Edmonds isn't helping that because Edmonds has had eight receptions, including one receiving touchdown in the first three games. 
and that is more than uh, than Kenyon Drake has. So they're definitely using Edmonds and they're and they're shuffling him in there. Yeah. Uh, this may all change this week though because they go up against the Carolina Panthers. And the Carolina. <laughs> what a great team to get healthy on. Yes. So the Panthers, they're giving up 32.2 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. This is like uh, being in the desert for three days and seeing a uh, like a Culver's on the horizon. <laughs> you know, you might have to wait 15 minutes for your food, but it'll be fresh. And you've been in the desert for three days. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if Drake can't snap out of this funk in week four against the Panthers, his value is going to go way down. And uh, we may see Edmonds even start to chip away at his touches. It's clear right now that Kyler Murray is playing at a very high level, and he loves his new toy and DeAndre Hopkins. Who wouldn't? DeAndre Hopkins, uh, not trending up or down, just scoring a shitload of points. Just trending. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to bet money on this matchup, and basically I am, since I'm playing Kenyon Drake uh, for and against me uh, over multiple leagues this okay. week. Uh, I think that we're about to see Drake's biggest game of the season so far, and that's not too hard to uh, uh, to, uh, to imagine. To, yeah, because I mean he's only scored 13.5 total, and remember what I said about the end of last year, he was just killing it. So uh, I think we're going to be expecting at least 15 to 20 fantasy points in this game coming up against the Panthers in a game where the the Arizona Cardinals are not going to need to uh, chuck the ball around all day and they can uh, relax and allow for Kenyon to run a bit. Sure. If he has another bad game, though, we're going to have to worry about him playing blue teams from the Eastern time zone. <laughs> Is that they're all blue teams from the Eastern time well, zone? Well, Detroit, <laughs> Carolina... You know, maybe they play Jacksonville later in the season. What about the Giants? That's a bad trend. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> lots of blue teams in the Eastern time zone. Got it. <laughs> uh, my next player trending up, wide receiver Justin Jefferson from Minnesota. Week one against Green Bay, he had 3.6. Week two at Indy, he had 5.9. Week three versus Tennessee, 27 points. Yes. So he's the Vikings' first-round pick this year. Um, you know, the rookie is making a big splash now after this last game. He's being thrown right into the offense. He increased his receptions, targets, and yards each week. Last week, he topped it out with seven catches on nine targets, 175 yards. He found the end zone. His 27 points made him the WR2 of week three. So there is a Stefan Diggs-sized hole in the Vikings offense. It looks like Jefferson is being stuffed into that hole. He seems to fit all right. I think Kirk Cousins probably likes what he's seen from him because he can get free behind the defense. He can run after the catch. Um, there is a lot to like about Justin Jefferson. Coming up, they have games against Houston and Seattle, followed by Atlanta at home. Then they have a bye week. This is sort of a trend, unintentional, of the players that I picked. They'll have three games and then a bye. Mm-hmm. Um, so Houston is halfway respectable against the wide receiver. However, Seattle is giving up the most points to opposing wide receivers. Atlanta is giving up the third most points to opposing wide receivers. And it's not even close. Seattle is just being blown away by how many points they're giving up to quarterbacks and receivers. So I think it's time to get Jefferson on your team, get him in your lineup. He may or may not have been a, a waiver wire pickup on your in your league this week. If he was not, add him right now. Yeah. You know, pause the podcast, go to your team, go pick him up. Shout out to if you're uh, watching on your computer, you don't even have to pause it. <laughs> Shout out to Sean, uh, who uh, is a contributor to Drink Five and and traded me Justin Jefferson before the season because I uh, I really thought that he was going to take off this year 
And uh, I didn't think he would be the wide receiver that took off the earliest or flew the highest, but looks like that's the case. That's the case for right now. Very well done. Until that the, was the trade right before the season started, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like literally. It was on like Labor Day weekend. <laughs> yeah. You made that trade. So, all things considered, make sure that you do return to our site every week, drink5.com, in order to check out Sean's rookie report. Uh, he's got great scouting report on all of the rookies across the league, and he will let you know uh, what they look like every single week. It's very thorough and comprehensive. That's right. So, Justin Jefferson, get him in your lineup. Big fan of Justin Jefferson. I like what he did last week. Uh, uh, cheers to Justin. And I'll I don't know that. what his nickname is, uh, although Sean would know that and where he went to college and like what he studied, what his major was, what his favorite fast food place is. Um, so, Sean, get at us with that information. We're interested. But uh, maybe you found it by now. Uh, he went to LSU, so he was probably Joe Burrow's favorite target last year. Um, he does not have a nickname listed on Pro Football Reference, so we're going to have to come up with one. <laughs> I think be... JJ is too easy. Um, if you don't have a nickname on PFR, you don't have a nickname. Huh? Oh, I've seen some really ridiculous nicknames listed on PFR. <laughs> Stuff that I've never heard anybody referred to. <laughs> so if it's not here, I don't think it exists. All right, well, let's uh, let's touch on my last guy because I had a twofer earlier. That's Robert uh, Robert Anderson. Uh, is, his nickname on PFR is Robbie. Okay. No, I don't know. Does he have a nickname? I, it's probably Robbie. <laughs> no, he's listed as Robbie. Robbie, his proper name. It's, it's, the name his mother gave him is Ro- Robbie. Robbie's not on his birth certificate. Wow, I thought that. Uh, come on. I thought that the hair that Justin Jefferson had was ridiculous. The, Ro- the hair that Robbie Anderson has in their photos on PFR, that's ridiculous. Well, you know Robbie Anderson. We've we've been familiar with him and like all of his antics and exploits. There's some seasons where we didn't think he was going to play. He does a lot of crazy stuff. Last the last like two seasons, we've been huge fans. He's uh, great, but he's always like being arrested or like speeding down the highway drunk or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you take the good with the bad, right? That's right. You do. You average it out, and you find out how many fantasy points it is. It's um, like twenty. A brand new weapon for the Panthers. Anderson had more than 100 yards in both weeks one and two. That's terrific. 114 in week one, 109 in week two. The tallest of the starting receivers in Carolina, he's 6'3". The tallest. The other guys, I think, are 6'1 and 5'11", if we're talking about... Uh, um, oh, I can't remember the names at the moment. DJ uh, Moore. DJ Moore and... The uh, other guy. What is the other guy's name? Keep talking, I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, it, coming with a bonus of a sub four four forty yard dash that we saw often with his starts time with on the C. Jets. Yeah, I know that part. Curtis uh, Samuel. Samuel. There you go. So week one versus Las Vegas, he had six receptions, 114 yards and a touchdown, 22 points. Week two at Tampa Bay, nine receptions, 109 yards, no touchdowns, but 13.4 fantasy points. Week three at the Chargers, five receptions, 55 yards, no touchdowns. Eight fantasy points. What is really nice here that, uh, is that he has uh, caught almost all of his targets. So six receptions on eight targets week one. Nine receptions on ten targets week two. Five receptions on five targets week three. So, yeah, that's good. So he's been great and consistent and a, and a, a big he's target. He's making the most of what he's given. Well, it's interesting. In a way. Because he didn't used to be that guy. Uh, when he was on the Jets, he was much more, at least for a couple of years, of a boomer bust down the field, sometimes catching that 70-yard touchdown, but not like a possession receiver kind of guy. Sure. For the last three years, he's basically averaged 15 yards per reception. This year, he's only averaging 13.9. Shows the trend that you're pointing out. 
So uh, with the Chargers focusing on taking DJ Moore away, and I'm talking specifically about last week uh, at Chargers, uh, Anderson took a big amount of the team's targets. It's actually the most of the team's targets, only five. Uh, it was able to haul all of them in, like I just mentioned. A great number here to back up to show, to illustrate what you're pointing out here. Um, Draw me a picture. In the first four seasons of Robbie's career, Robert Stevens' career, he averaged between 53.8% catch percentage and 55.3 this season he is at 83.3 exactly that's 30 points better yeah that's just being used in a completely different role in a completely different way and um perhaps that'll be what they continue to do as a possession receiver rather than a down the field guy but that means lots of catches he's already got 20 receptions on the season his career high is only 63 well, the thing is, too, I mean, he has he has the speed, too, and he can still do that, and that makes him very dangerous. When you have DJ Moore on your team, who is looked at, um, I think, by a lot of people as the number one wide receiver here, who is, has really been schemed against by uh, defensive coordinators, then you see uh, Robbie Anderson playing against primarily those number two guys in the secondary, the, the defensive backs, that are not quite as good. Anderson is killing it. And he's in, like, the prime of his career right now in Carolina. So the more he has chemistry with Teddy Bridgewater, the more they want to throw him the ball, and the more the opposing teams want to go after DJ Moore, well, not good for more owners in fantasy football. But if you don't own uh, Robbie Anderson and you need a wide receiver, here's a guy that looks like a, a wide re- uh, wide receiver three candidate going forward that has the boom ability that we already know he does to be a wide receiver one in some weeks that's probably still available in quite a few leagues. Now, I say that. I don't know exactly how many leagues that is. So let's see what Flea Flicker has to say about that. Robbie. I also think that a lot of people might look at his game last week against the Chargers and say 5 for 55. He's owned in 88% of Flea Flicker leagues. Well, okay, let's call him a buy. Yeah. Because he has been trending down, but I don't believe in that trend. And nobody believes in Carolina particularly. (laughs) I like Carolina. Christian McCaffrey comes back eventually, and their team is still okay. The problem sure. with Carolina is that the, the defense is, is not... Uh, Existent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. But Robbie Anderson, uh, somebody to really look at here. I say he's a strong buy this particular week before they end up playing week five uh, because week four is a stingy Arizona passing defense allowing only 15.5 fantasy points per game to wide receivers. But week five... That's mu- stingy as hell. Yeah. He's like number three or something. But a much tastier matchup against the Falcons, as we all know, in Week 5, who have the third worst passing D in the entire league. Wow, Arizona is giving up the second fewest points to opposing wide receivers. So, it's like I just said that or something. But I uh, there's an echo in here. Echo. I'm Allow just, me to reiterate. I'm just kidding. But we, uh, I think we both agree that Robbie Anderson is a candidate uh, to put on your team. And, and granted... Uh, I, I was just uh, spitballing there that maybe he might not be owned. I don't have him on any squads, but I'm going to be looking to buy him from people with this downward trend. In fact, I might even wait until after this next week because I feel like playing Arizona, he has a good chance of putting up a similar number of a 7 or 8 with no touchdowns and then explode in week 5 where I put him in my wide receiver 3 slot. Okay. I you know I'm a big fan of Robbie Anderson from time to time. Um <laughs> I'm just tracking down this stat that I thought I saw that there weren't any wide receivers. Kendrick Bourne had two catches in week one for the 49ers. And by my count, I don't know who Trent Taylor is, 
He's a wide receiver. There's only four wide receiver receptions by the 49ers in week one. Wow, that's terrific. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Just ridiculous. So do you have one more one more guy to discuss? I do, sir. His name is Keenan Allen. Yeah, he's a guy. Wide receiver for Los Angeles Chargers. Wow, we wow. Not even getting that wrong anymore. It's almost <laughs> like I've forgotten all about San Diego. Oh. Goodbye, San Diego. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <laughs> So week one at Cincinnati, he put up 5.7. Week two versus Kansas City, 13.1. Week three versus Carolina, 23.7. So he is known, I think, as one of the players who's going to have a very large share of his team's targets over the course of a season. Currently, he's tied with DeAndre Hopkins with a league-leading 37 targets. His targets, receptions, and yardage have all gone up week to week. Last week, he added a touchdown on that. He makes him the WR4 on the week. WR12 on the season. So he had 13 catches, 19 targets, and it was rookie Justin Herbert throwing the ball to him. Rookie Justin Herbert. You know, sometimes you get that title in front of your name when you play like a rookie. (laughs) So it is a great sign that he is kind of dialing in on Keenan Allen. The distribution of targets can be kind of wonky when a new quarterback enters the scene. So it looks like Herbert is focused on Keenan Allen. I think that you can count on that going forward. It does also seem like Herbert is going to be the one to keep playing for a while. With Tyrod Taylor having a collapsed lung and COVID being a thing, I don't think those two things would mix very well. So they're probably going to be extra cautious with Tyrod Taylor bringing him back. I wouldn't be surprised if Herbert winds up starting the rest of the season. Even though they said when Taylor is healthy, he will start again, that... You know, they're going to revise that week to week, in my opinion. That that kind of news you always hear, right? We're going to bring him back. He's still our guy. He's still our guy. You're our guy, Tyrod. You're going to start when you're back in 10 weeks, which we reserve the right to change our mind That's over right. the course of 10 weeks. Cutler, Orton, and Trubisky are our quarterbacks, say Bears fans. <laughs> <laughs> All of them, just together. The three of them, like, like melded. And Jay Cutler some... is down right now. <laughs> oh, I need the Lovey Smith quotes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, um, so upcoming for the Chargers are games against in Tampa and New Orleans, followed by hosting the Jets. They're all going to be tough games. Tampa gives up the 12th fewest points to uh, opposing wide receivers, and that's the best matchup that he gets. Everyone else gives up even fewer points to opposing wide receivers. So, apparently we found something that the Jets don't suck at, I think is the main takeaway here. They're actually okay at stopping wide receivers, probably because the teams run all over them. Who knows? This is something to celebrate. I I don't really want to analyze the Jets at all. (laughs) Well, as soon as uh, Adam Gase gets fired next week, they'll probably end up being a good football team. But right now... I don't see how they could get worse. That's not. I could coach the Jets and be better. Well, what do we always say about uh, what happens when, when a head coach gets fired, when that coach is someone who's just causing... Uh, irreparable harm to a team. The team comes out and immediately, like, like, just spits fire. Everyone gets to breathe a sigh of relief and say, "Oh God, we finally don't have to put up with that crap anymore." And they are re-energized. And you're totally right. Yeah. The Jets will probably win the first game as long as it. You know what they got to do is they got to schedule it so that like they're gonna play the crappiest of the crap the following week. Yeah. So you uh, know who's the second crappiest team in the league? You know, then the Jets will fire them before they play that team. Well, we have uh, in in week four, it's the Broncos versus the Jets, right? But then they play, yeah, they should have fired them last week. Then they play the Cardinals, so like they'll be all fired up. And the, the Cardinals, Cardinals will still the Chargers, be <laughs> the Bills, the Chiefs. See, they're gonna get their asses handed to them. Yeah, the Patriots, 
They play the Dolphins, and then they get a bye week, and then they play the Dolphins again. I'm pretty sure they just can't be. What kind of scheduling is that, NFL? They can't be. I've never seen that before. They play the Dolphins in consecutive games. They're going to fire him between one for between Dolphins games. He's going to lose to the Dolphins, and they're going to fire him. They're going to come back and play the Dolphins again. Poor bastard. Because they really don't have, until they play the Browns on December 27th, they don't have like a cupcake matchup. Nope. The Jets are the cupcake. What are you going to do, right? I don't know. I like pastry jokes. I think we should continue this theme in our next podcast. All right. So Keenan Allen <laughs> is like a pumpkin bread or? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyways. Careful going down that road. Keenan Allen, know. still a WR1. I think you need to keep him in your lineup every week, regardless of who the quarterback is for the Chargers, regardless of the matchup. He is somewhat matchup proof. And uh, as we go along in the season, we'll have a larger sample size for uh, all these fantasy points against that we like to look at. But, you know, the, the sample size that we have to work with is the one we have to work with right now. That's right. And that's all we got. That's right. So, Dave, I um, I have too many players on my team. Can you help me out with that? Yeah. That's not a problem, <laughs> sir. We get to move on to uh, to a new segment uh, that started a couple years ago called The Cut List. Okay. <laughs> And I gotta make like a like a slow mo uh, vocoder like the It's happening, it's happening, folks. I've got a whole uh, digital audio uh, workstation. Can we get knives here. out and like try to get that? Yeah, of course we can. Slicing sounds. Yeah. All right. We gotta get into this. I like this. <laughs> so. Uh, I'll I'll uh, let you have some opinions here. Uh, maybe you can look That's at the, so generous of you. the wide receiver, <laughs> the wide receivers and tight end that I have on my list. Perhaps you can offer uh, your opinion on these guys and sure. why why they should be cut. Because I I must be right. They all need to be cut. Cut. You're not cut. You're cut, usually cut. not wrong on the cut list. I have to admit. <laughs> so let's talk about some guys. Uh, uh, one I actually have on my team still, but it's a uh, it's a dynasty league, so it's a little different. Although honestly, I should probably think about cutting them. Let's uh, talk about Kirk Cousins. So, uh, so Kirk has uh, has done well in in the past, but it really is dependent on the offense specifically. And the uh, the game last week had him throwing six or twenty seven times for sixteen completions. So that's a fifty nine point three percent completion rate, uh, two hundred and fifty one yards. Now he had three touchdowns, and a lot of that was uh, uh, Justin Jefferson. I think it was Adam Thielen in there. Um, but he had two interceptions, and and that's not uh, that's not what we're looking for here. Uh, his other games uh, in week two, he had 113 yards, 11 for 26, three interceptions. Uh, his first game, he had an interception on two touchdowns, 259. So if we add up the numbers, he's had five touchdowns, six interceptions, and uh, that's not good, Kirk. And his completion rate is is somewhere around. Uh, uh, 55 to 63%. It's not worth the guaranteed money you're getting. So, I, in my opinion, no reason to keep Kirk Cousins. Uh, do you I, mean, I could throw six interceptions. Do we cut Cousins? I cut Cousins. All right, bye-bye Cousins. If, bye you guys, if you guys have him, it's not that hard. You just press the drop button, the cut button, the X, whatever the thing is that you have to press to, to make him go off your team, you press that thing. It's not that, not that hard. Number two, a guy that you love, the mustache, the mania, Gardner Minshew. Fuck yes. And I'm I'm sorry about this, but I believe he's a cut. You know, I only have him in a two quarterback league. He is <laughs> not a cut there. This is single quarterback we're talking, right? Yeah. 
I, I mean, uh, yes. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> I, you know, with DJ Shark back, I think that I, 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 here I'm, he goes. He's mania. I'm buying into Minshew Mania for another week. If you if you guys want uh, uh, to get Jason involved in some kind of bad football franchise, just do it. He loves Tennessee. He loves Cleveland. He loves uh, uh, Jacksonville. Yeah, he's a fan of. Hey, the Bears at least I don't sometimes. like the Jets. <laughs> I don't like it that bad. No, I'm playing a little bit, but some of that's true. Uh, so Gardner last week, 30 of 42 for 275, zero touchdowns. And they an play the Bengals, the Texans, the Lions, the Chargers, the Texans again. Oh come on, it's Minshew mania all month, all you, month long. You just keep playing that game over there, my friend. All right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, again, I think that this guy is a cut. I think they're going to focus on James Robinson. I do like having DJ Chark back, but I don't think that DJ Chark alone is going to make the Jaguars a good football team. Anybody whose nickname is Baby Chark is not enough to make a football team. <laughs> uh, moving on to Ryan Tannehill, who again was a guy that everybody really liked. A ton of people are super pro Tannehill. They loved his resurgence. Uh, but I just don't see things going well. And this is a Tannehill who's going up against Pittsburgh and Buffalo over the next two games. In his game last week against Minnesota, he was 23 for 37, uh, zero touchdowns and an interception and two fumbles. <laughs> so I don't know what happened to Tannehill other than perhaps he just has some Fitzpatrick in his genes where he's able to be good for a certain amount of time but then turns back into I wish I could pull up the clip from last week when I when I said I am starting Ryan Tannehill over Matt Ryan. Yeah, and then you changed it? No, I stuck with it and it was the right move because Ryan Tannehill scored 13 points and Matt Ryan scored 12. Well, you neither of them were the right move. Oh god. <laughs> I should have started Gardner Minshew probably. Uh, I don't know what he had, but it was, maybe it was more than those guys. It probably was more than that. I mean, Matt Ryan was the twenty, the QB 27 last week. I should have started Nick Foles on a whim. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's look at running backs. We've got Jordan Howard. Well, first of all, uh, so, so in, in a one-quarterback league, do you think there's any problem with cutting those guys? You know, I've got Tannehill in a single-quarterback dynasty league, and he's my backup. I don't think I'm cutting him. I, I don't. I mean, we could look at the waiver wire and do a little on the fly um, player uh, evaluation if you want, but I don't think that there are going to be available quarterbacks to make it worthwhile. Well, it depends on your league, and Dynasty is always going to have guys uh, on the bench, especially those with right. deeper league. Uh, there's nothing here. Derek benches. Carr, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, almost every starter is owned. and It's a 12-team league. It's a dynasty league. Pretty much every starter is on a team. There you go. So that's the difference. But if you were in a redraft league, then... If you're in a redraft league, if you're streaming quarterbacks, then yeah, get, go somewhere other than Ryan Tannehill for a while. Plus... He'll and, be there when you come back. And this is a, a bigger discussion, but I don't really see a reason in a redraft league, personally, to draft two quarterbacks, especially if you're in a 10- or 12-team league. There's always somebody out there. It doesn't seem to be a reason to, especially on, on uh, leagues that have smaller benches yeah. that are more standard. I I would rather have the running backs and wide receivers than than carry two quarterbacks when one guy is literally going to carry the clipboard and nothing else. So they play the Steelers this week. They play the Bills the following week. The Bills you could get into a shootout with, but then they play the Titans and the the Texans and the Bengals. Not bad matchups. Then in November they play the Bears and the Colts. Bears and the Colts are giving up the least amount of points to opposing quarterbacks. It's just, it's not a real good uh, There's schedule. no reason to hold on to Tannehill in case of bye weeks or injuries later on. Yeah. 
Um, Jordan Howard. So moving into running backs, a lot of people have uh, have thought that he was going to to move up. Uh, we we does cert- he have as many touchdowns as yards at this point? Uh, well, he has twelve yards. Okay. And three touchdowns. Oh, he's almost there. But basically, uh, you know, we're we're talking about using some of those other guys. They're trying to figure out their offense in Miami. They're looking at guys like Miles Gaskin, etc. Those are the guys you should be looking at. Hey, you should have picked him for trending down. He's trended down in yardage. Seven yards, then four <laughs> yards, then one yard. You're you're right. <laughs> but but I mean what what are the actual fantasy points? Six point seven, six point four, six point one. A clear trend downward. Oh boy. Clearly trending down. Just spiraling. Cut into Jordan the toilet. Howard. Moving on. Uh, Jordan Howard's rookie year he had one thousand three hundred and thirteen yards. The only reason why Howard is still relevant at all 1, is sixteen hundred yards from scrimmage. Is because they want to use him as a uh, uh, as a goal line back, and they do, and that's fine. But he's irrelevant uh, in fantasy because when he doesn't score a touchdown, he literally scores you no points. Uh, I agree. Here's another guy, Benny Snell, who's on my list. He was the hugest pickup. Uh, that's right. It's this point every time, right? Every time we mention a Steeler. I don't have a Benny Snell jersey because uh, I'm not sure that that's Because there's no reason to have a Benny gonna, Snell jersey. Ever going to be a thing. But look, You're not like the equipment manager of the Steelers. Be, He's the only one who has a Benny Snell jersey. Because in order to have a Benny Snell... No, uh, unfortunately, uh, Benny Snell only did well in the one week that you could never have played him in. Which was week one, after an injury to James Conner. Uh, and you would never have thought to do that. Right, because it happened in the middle of the game. Right. And then right after And that, then when you thought James Conner wasn't going to do anything the following week, he did. And Benny Snell did nothing. That's right. So thank you, Mike Tomlin. Well, we know. You fooled all of the fantasy players yet again. It's not fooling, though. Every single year, it's the same. And I know uh, my friends that are Steelers fans, they, they would back me up on this. And I say it on podcast after podcast. There's no reason why the Steelers would ever, according to their current philosophy, which is a long time of Mike Tomlin, uh, waver from their strategy of using one guy. And that's it. Uh, however... Uh, instead of Snell, which uh, is surprising this particular last week, uh, they started bringing out their uh, rookie running back and using him to, uh, to to come in and take some carries and even some receptions. That's Anthony McFarland from Maryland, who they picked in round four of the 2020 draft. He had six rushes for 42 yards, and I'm not sure if you saw this game or not, but he looked really good. And I was glad to see that there was another guy on that team that looked pretty good. To be honest with you, Jalen Samuels has looked good in the past. Benny Snell's looked good in the past. James Conner definitely has. He had a crazy year after Le'Veon Bell left. And he's doing okay now in weeks uh, in, in week three, certainly. Uh, Anthony McFarland now looked pretty good uh, last week. So can we just say that it's the Steelers' offensive line? <laughs> all, all running backs look good uh, in, in Pittsburgh. It doesn't matter who they are. They just have to figure out which way to run behind the offensive line, and those guys, they just make it happen. Their offensive line's pretty good. Yep. Uh, so dump Snell, uh, and don't go pick up Anthony McFarland just because he had 60 yards or 42 yards on six carries. He's not going to be the guy. Who's going to be the guy? Only one guy. Only one guy. Only one guy is ever the guy in Pittsburgh. And right now, James Conner's sitting on the... Uh, uh, on the uh, throne. He's on the throne. Is that throne had just a bunch of footballs in it? He's got of... the championship belt. <laughs> uh, last running back, Jamal Williams. 
Jamal Williams was pretty great last year. You could never really tell over the past couple of years on, on the Packers which guy was going to have the hot hand. Well, now you know. Uh, Aaron Jones is, literally has hands made of fire. Yes, but they hold on to the ball somehow. <laughs> yeah. And they make him run faster. It's like <laughs> NFL Jam. That's that's right, NFL Jam. There was NFL Blitz is, is what you – did you ever play NFL Blitz? Well, I'm combining NBA Jam and the NFL. I know, I get it. He's on fire. Uh, so <laughs> Every time he touches the ball, it's a touchdown. So it looked for a little bit like Jamal Williams might have a role back in week two when he had eight rushes for 63 yards. Uh, in week one, he had four receptions for 21. He was being mixed in a lot. I think that lot. might have been garbage time because they blew out uh, their opponent in week two. Yeah, and, and you might see A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams out there throughout this year. But Aaron Jones is the guy. There's no doubt about it. Uh, right now, they might rest him later if the Packers just continue to win. Yeah, the next time they play the Lions, <laughs> I mean, you know, talk about a cupcake schedule. I bet you that the Packers have one of those because they are the good team that other teams have to deal with. You yep. know, they play the Falcons. No matter what the Falcons do, the Packers will wind up winning. That's right. They play the Buccaneers, the Texans, the Vikings again, the 49ers, who. They are going to exact so much revenge on the 49ers. 49ers are not the team that they were last year. The Packers are at least as good as they were last year. Probably better because Aaron Rodgers is an angry man. I heard a really funny uh, comment on an NFL podcast about from Danica the Patrick? Ringer today. No, no, no. Jordan Love for Rookie of the Year. Oh. Because <laughs> he spurred uh, uh, Rodgers. No, what That's I, the joke. What I heard was actually that uh, him breaking up with Danica Patrick has uh, put him into a, a better mindset because they were just not not being they were not okay. Is he like George, where uh, you know he cuts himself off and then all of a sudden his brain works like ten times better? He said something online about it, and I don't have it pulled up right now, but some kind of interview that had to do somehow with Danica uh, and the fact that he uh, uh, <laughs> that that he they had sort of a a breakup I think that didn't go very well. And if you remember, there was a whole lot of stuff with about him mentioning things about him and his family. and like Aaron Rodgers perhaps has the most public personal life of anyone in the NFL. It's really weird. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like he's the kind of guy that wants that, so I feel bad for him for that. But, you know, this is the life he's chosen. All he really wants to do is drink four fingers of tequila and throw three touchdowns after getting injured by the Bears in the fourth quarter. I think occasionally he drinks scotch, too. Yeah, okay. It's fine. But <laughs> but tequila when he's angry, Aaron. Angry. <laughs> um, all right, well, that's, that's it for uh, uh, running backs. Let's talk about wide receivers. And the first one's Marvin Jones. Yeah, Jason. Marvin Jones is a guy who we mentioned earlier. He was in your uh, Fool's Gold last week, I believe, right? Uh, yes. So, yeah, he uh, – get rid of him. He hasn't had more than uh, four catches in a game all season. There's no reason to keep him around. Even if there's injuries to the rest of the wide receivers on that team, they're not going to utilize him enough. Even when Kenny Galladay wasn't playing, they couldn't utilize him enough. When they needed to play from behind, they weren't using him enough. Don't keep Marvin Jones. Vince, by the way, uh, uh, is, is listening right now, and he's he's screamed at me. He's like – He's like, so I should cut both of my quarterbacks? I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Vince. I apologize. Oh, Vince. <laughs> what can we do? Sometimes these things just happen. And we just have to deal with it. All right, let's take a quick uh, detour here. Uh, Trey has a question for us. He has a, a couple of them, really. Pick two full PPR. DJ Moore, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Parker, or Jarvis Landry? So we're choosing two out of that group. Um 
you take a look over those names again. Let me get you some matchups for week four in the NFL. So you've got Mr. Moore is playing the Cardinals. The Miami Dolphins are playing the Seahawks. Start Jarvis or um, Devontae Parker. I, I like that one. Melvin Gordon. Who, who are the guys we're talking about? We're starting DJ Moore, Melvin Gordon, Devontae Parker, or Jarvis Landry. Uh, I would start with Devontae Parker because the Seahawks are giving up by far the most points to opposing wide receivers. You've got Melvin Gordon playing in the absolute crap fest tomorrow night. I don't know if I want to have anything to do with that game. I think I'm going to make an effort to not watch it. So we'll see what happens there. We really talked up DJ Moore a lot earlier in the podcast. I think that perhaps we would pick him over Jarvis Landry, who's playing the Cowboys. So I like Moore and Devontae Parker. Any any thoughts on that, Dave? Melvin Gordon is a part of that? Melvin Gordon. Yeah, I would play Moore and Gordon, personally. Okay, so you are taking a piece of tomorrow night. <laughs> I would not play Gordon over the f- and play Parker instead. I, I don't know why you, you hate uh, the Thursday so much. And he was just offered Chris Godwin for Devontae Parker, should he accept. Chris Godwin looks like he'll be out for this week and the following week because it is a short week for them, but then has a decent chance of coming back week six. Chris Godwin for Parker? Yeah. Yes. Sounds like someone doesn't want to deal with the injury. Yes. If you have any kind of bench whatsoever, <laughs> I concur. Yes. Yes. Take that. Look, it's a it's a it's a hamstring injury, soft tissue that they say will be solved in a couple of weeks, which is a lot different from a couple of them that the the doctors have been getting better at understanding if they're going to be season long or big stretch injuries. And so all the stuff I've I've seen uh, including from, uh, I always check out these doctors uh, on Twitter that are into fantasy football. That's good. Uh, some of them have even previously been doctors on the teams, and they they have a lot to say about these injuries. So, um, so yeah, I, I would I would take Godwin every day of the week over Parker. Uh, Miami is a chaotic team. Yeah, I, I concur. Take, I mean, you could probably pick someone up off the waiver wire to start for the next two weeks. Yeah. So uh, your next cut. Is Henry Ruggs of the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right, Ruggs. He is a long shot to even play in week four. Cut him. He's not doing anything. He's not even going to play. He's Cut really him. fast and small, and the Raiders like him. That's what the Raiders draft. <laughs> That's what the Raiders do. Great. Uh, and then you got a twofer to close out the wide receivers, Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard. For the third time, everyone, just don't worry about the New York football giants when it comes to fantasy football. In fact, don't worry about... Any of the teams that have the word New York in their name. Don't worry about it. Yeah, just don't play them. <laughs> you know, the only New York team that you should worry about is the team that actually plays in New York. That's the Buffalo Bills. And we have a tight end to cut. Yeah, that's O.J. Howard. Well, because we, you know, we, we stream tight ends for the most part. O.J. Howard, um, is he cuttable because uh, Brady rediscovered Gronkowski last week? No. No. Because he had like five receptions last week. After uh, Arians came out and was just like, yeah, we're not going to throw the ball to Rob Gronkowski. He's cuttable. They threw the ball to Rob Gronkowski. He's cuttable because uh, Bruce Arians' offense doesn't throw the ball consistently to tight ends ever. 
That's very that's very true. And, and so that's the reason why he's especially in a team that has uh, all those great wide receivers right now, and Scotty Miller coming up, and Tom Brady throwing the ball, and uh, you know, I think Scotty Miller might still be injured. Uh, well, I mean, I have him ranked this this week. Wednesday is is sort of your injury day, but I feel like a lot of uh, teams have been sitting on guys today, so we might see a lot of injury. God, his official on entry tomorrow. on Roto World is Scotty. Scotty. Miller. So you know, Scotty Benny. Uh, <laughs> Benny is Robbie. a little better than a Scotty Benny. or a Robbie. <laughs> Robbie. But, I mean, Robbie's fine, but Scotty, really? Anyways, uh, he had three for 83 last week, Don't tell but Scotty. he has a hip slash groin injury. <laughs> did not practice today. As we say every week, pay attention to when people practice on Thursday and especially Friday. That's right. If they practice Friday, they'll probably play. Scotty Miller will be filling in for Chris Godwin. Um, do you know offhand who would be filling in if it's not him? Uh, who, who, who's next up on that, uh, depth chart? Uh, there's a couple guys down there. I'm not, I'm not sure who that is. Um, you can look it up. Yeah. I basically just ask you these questions and make you go, uh, so I have time to Google it. <laughs> um, so obviously there's Mike Evans there and then you've got Justin Watson. Oh yeah. Watson. Jaden Mickens and Tyler Johnson. Tyler, but I think Justin Watson is the, your next man up. Well, it depends on, on who they're, they're filling in for. Uh, but Tyler Johnson is a guy that was really hyped preseason, and Scotty Miller kind of took his job, uh, and he was more of that like uh, slot guy. But uh, Justin Watson is a is a, a bigger uh, uh, like solid receiver. So I guess if they were filling in for for Godwin um, and Scotty Miller doesn't play, then maybe they would they would be bringing up hey both of them I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the way it goes. But uh, all that really means for us is that Mike Evans is going to have like a billion uh, receptions. <laughs> he already does. He has like four million yards, I think. Well, he didn't have many catches in the first two weeks, so <laughs> I mean, good for him. Yep, yep. But uh, that that is the end of my list, and every week we're going to uh, do something a little different. But I would like to uh, hold on to some of these things. Uh, we'll definitely return to the trends in a couple of weeks for sure. If we don't do it next week or the week after, you know, it'll be before the end of October, I know. So, uh, if you guys could uh, do us a favor and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can find it just by searching for Drink 5 uh, on YouTube. If you're listening via podcast, then please subscribe to our, our podcast. Uh, however uh, you get here and listen to us, we, we appreciate you listening. Follow us on Twitter. We still have a Facebook page. If you're an old person... Um, so, you know, there's lots of ways to find us, lots of things to check out every week on drink5.com. Next week, we will be here on Tuesday night. Little programming note. Live on Tuesday next week instead of Wednesday. And then, uh, whatever back he, on Wednesday whatever he says. after that. That's fine. Cheers, everybody. Drink five. <laughs>